the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Cat. Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad, and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward, and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Episode. 
Ah, I've got you here. 18. Is it? Oh, you know. I think so. You know. Maybe. 18, maybe. Mm. Right, so as voted for by members of our private support group, we are going to talk about, uh, almost forgotten, why you are not losing weight. Exciting, that was I, news to me. I pulled it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me doing the videos, that like, uh, what are we talking about? So, obviously, we deal with people who are looking to drop some unwanted body fat, a.k.a. weight, um, and quite often, they won't. So, <laughs> that's life. Yeah, really sell it to him, James. <laughs> well, that is, it's life. So, we're going to go into some of the reasons why you might not be losing weight, even though you are on a diet. Or even though you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, even though that is your goal. Yes. So, where do we start? Well, a little bit faster than that, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go with what people perceive as the issue and then why it's not? Yes, let's just break it down. So, some people will say it's because they aren't exercising enough or because they aren't eating enough. We've just spoke to someone online about that now. So there's all sorts of unlikely scenarios, well, incorrect scenarios, that are the reasons people are not losing weight. Misread. Yes. The reason people are not losing weight is because they are not putting their bodies into a calorie deficit. So you are either eating too much or not burning enough. It is as, as cut and dry as that. So regardless of the exercise you are doing or aren't doing or the foods that you are eating or aren't eating or the metabolic issues that you believe have, you have you have or you think you have or you definitely don't have then that's the cut and dry of it so people say i'm in a calorie deficit but i'm not losing weight that's incorrect your body cannot be burning more than you are consuming if your body is not losing weight over a period of time so quite kind of common ones are people will come up and say, I'm not eating enough food to lose weight. So they'll believe that they're going to um, some kind of starvation mode where everything they then eat is stored as fat. Is that correct, Joe? No. What is the verb of starvation? Starve. Mm, starving. Is that right? Anyway, <laughs> I didn't do English. To starve. Not, not, not at any high level. So if you are in starvation mode then your body would be starving and your physique would represent that. So you would have low body fat, low muscle mass. It is impossible for someone who is obese, overweight, carrying a few extra pounds, like myself, to be starving. Don't look at my gut as I say it. <laughs> Just for, uh, every time we do a podcast, Fenton, like, he'll sleep for 19 hours a day. Every time we record a podcast, he gets really excited, and now he's tap dancing. Where's my tiny drink? <laughs> he's tap dancing <laughs> on a piece of plastic. <laughs> so anyway, back to the starvation. Yeah, so you aren't starving because you're not losing weight. You know, you're, you would be losing weight from something. You'd be losing fat or you'd be losing muscle. So it's not possible for you to be in starvation mode and to be maintaining the weight you are and be in a calorie deficit. Yeah, if kind of drastically reducing your calories put you into this starvation mode where then you store fat then people would not starve to death because they'd actually be getting obese you'd have to eat at some point wouldn't you and it's not like so if you are eating too fewer calories but not losing weight then there has to be a point when you've eaten enough to to gain weight because you're the thinking is is that if you diet down it's then easier for you to regain weight that is 
technically correct because you've lowered your metabolic rate. So if you throw in lots of calories, your body will not be used to this. So me and James have both done this when we've dieted in the past. And I've dieted harder than James and can testify to this, that when you really push a diet and you pull your calories down, you bump your cardio, and you then put a lot of food in, you will gain weight quickly. But you've gained weight, it's not because of your metabolic rate, it's because you put more food in. You know, if I'd continued to eat on those low amounts, I wouldn't have piled on the pounds as I did. So it's really important to kind of think on that first, is that you are in near enough complete control of this, and it's to try and not pass the buck and take ownership for where you're at right now. Do some filing fencing, good man. Yeah, I think where people get confused is there are kind of metabolic changes that will go, will happen when you go kind of lower calories. So as Joe said, you know, if you drastically reduce your calories, your body's in, it's not like a, a survival mode, but your body wants to, well, it wants to survive, it wants to live. So it'll kind of do these actions to help with your survival. So if all of a sudden you're normally eating you know, 2,000 calories, but then you go on this super strict diet and you're only eating 1,000 calories, your body kind of reacts and thinks, right, there's some kind of famine coming. You know, there's a shortage of food. It doesn't realize that you're doing this on purpose. It just thinks there's a shortage of food. I'm going to kind of save as much energy as possible. So then it'll start kind of slowing things down like your metabolism, like your thyroid, like your kind of daily, 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 daily? daily movement you know um, Joe when he was dieting super hard noticed that he wasn't fidgeting as much he wasn't moving around don't worry he's fidgeting quite a lot because <laughs> I'm very very well fed currently um, and I think that's where the kind of confusion comes in where people think that they're doing this starvation mode and that's why they're getting away no you have or to not, be or not losing weight yeah you have to be in a surplus to gain weight you have to be in deficit to lose weight um, so I think that's where the confusion comes from with that one yeah so if that hasn't twisted your knickers good and proper, get ready for round two. <gasps> so the link between effort and results. So I, as people may have heard before, I'm in a couple of Slimming World groups. I quite like to... Undercover. See, I've not got a, like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, it's just something where I look at what people are saying and see the issues that people are having. I quite like some of the recipe ideas, things like that. And one of the things that I often see is people will say, is exercise reduce... Uh, is exercise related to slowing fat loss? No. No, it's not. If you are burning more calories, then your body will lose more weight. If you look at the figures for female muscle gain, if you look at Lyle McDonald, they are absolutely minute. I'm talking like half a pound a month, a pound a month. Yeah, so this is where people might go up a pound or not lose weight and then believe that they're replacing the fat with muscle. So they think, well, I've dropped two or three pounds of fat but I've gained two or three pounds of muscle is that what you're saying yeah that's what I'm saying what you can have when you first start is that your body will get better at storing glycogen in the muscles so when you first start training if those muscles haven't worked very well or been challenged then they're not going to hold very much glycogen and water if you start to work them then you might get a couple of pounds but if you've been training for a while these changes are going to be very small and it's quite confusing because you see people put up these pictures on YouTube or Instagram or whatever you like Woman at 160 pounds, quite soft. Woman at 160 pounds, lean and athletic. That has taken space. Sorry, that has taken place over the course of years. So it's not going to be one of those things where two weeks later she goes, I've gained two pounds of muscle and lost two pounds of fat. If someone is on a fat loss phase or a fat loss diet, you would expect to see their weight gradually come down over time. Exercise will help this. 
It will not hinder your fat loss process. And I think that most of the people listening to this, most of our loyal followers already know that. But it leads nicely onto my next point. The uh, segue. No. Oh, you got more? I'm moving in on that one. Go on. So another thing. Oh, just have a just slow your snooze. roll, young man. <laughs> um, did you say you'd have a snooze? Mm-hmm. Rude. Um, mm. Again, the body likes to be at homeostasis. So it likes to stay as it is right now. And it'll fight to do that. So just like your grandma used to say, when you have to make, you kind of like build up an appetite by doing work or whatever. If you just put a lot of exercise in and you don't kind of control your nutrition, you're just going to replace any of those calories that you've burned with food. So it has to be kind of both sides. That, you know, the whole thing of you can't out-train a bad diet because if you burn a thousand calories, your body's going to demand a thousand calories back. It feels like it's in a debt. So it's just, just going to send all these hunger signals and just say, you know, just like anyone who's done a lot of activity, whether you've kind of done a lot of gardening, um, moved house, you know, done the winter walk or whatever it is, you know, gone for a long run. When you come back, you're hungry, you're starving because your body's saying, I have burnt all this energy. I need to replace it now or, you know, I'm not I'm going to die. But over time, if this keeps on happening, you know, something bad's going to happen to me. So you're kind of tipping the scales but then if you don't control what's going back in you're going to find that you're going to end up eating more food than you would do normally to try and replace the energy that you burn and this is why we recommend the system that we do of lots of protein lots of veg slow release carbs nutrient dense fats because it's easier to control your intake of calories when you focus on these foods it doesn't mean you can't and it's really filling it doesn't mean you can't have a treat if you've done some exercise but you need to focus most of your diet around these things because the foods that we really like to eat are really over easy to overeat and therefore would make us fatter. So the thing that I was working us towards there was that we're looking, trying to look more at the process. So people will get frustrated when their weight goes down because they've eaten the takeaway, but it goes up when they've exercised. That is just how it is, but that's not how it works on the whole. If you never do any exercise and you eat lots of takeaway, odds on your weight's going to go one way. If you don't eat much takeaway and you do lots of exercise, it's likely going to go down. If not, I wouldn't say certain, because obviously too many things are afoot. But on the whole, you need to look at the process. And it's going to be different for everyone, because we've had clients who will eat pretty well, exercise, and lose weight very, very slowly. Or you have people who cut down their bread intake from four slices to three, and they just hemorrhage fat off. Now, that's cool for them, but that's not most people. Will you shut up, Benton? <laughs> So you just need to be aware that you're running your own race and that because you have made big changes or what you perceive as big changes doesn't necessarily mean that that would be automatically replicated in the scale. Yeah, even if you've made more changes than someone else, so say you've got like a diet buddy or someone else in the office is following a diet and they're not following it as strict as you, yet they're getting better results. It doesn't matter. You have to leave that at the door, don't you? Because otherwise... It is going to be an endless battle of the person who is losing weight easier than you, but not trying as hard. There's always going to be someone there. And often you see this from your nine and a half stone women saying, I'm not losing weight as fast as everyone else. Because they're comparing themselves to people who are a lot heavier than them. You are going to lose weight faster if you've got three stone to lose and if you've got three pounds. And also, just to go back to your point before, it doesn't fucking matter. Like People just yeah. get themselves... 
in such a tiz over this. Like the Slimming World groups are absolutely rife with it. And you see it to, thank God, a much lesser extent in our groups, but people still getting so frustrated. You can only control certain things. So if you're not losing weight, to just go back to the actual topic of this podcast, then you have to change what's in front of you. Are you exercising enough? Are you consuming too many calories? Are you eating enough protein and veg? One of those four questions I've just asked, you're going to be able to work on. And that's what you have to do. It doesn't matter if someone else is exercising less than you, eating more calories and eating more fish and chips, because that's just how the cookie crumbles. I know, whereas in comparison, is a thief of joy. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, if we said to people, right, you know what, we're quitting doing sustain, why? Or because Weight Watchers and Slimming World <laughs> are a bigger company than us. People would think that's ridiculous and be like, don't be stupid. You know, you're you loads do, better. Yeah, you do really well. <laughs> Crack on, keep doing these hilarious podcasts um, and emotive content. Um, so it's just ridiculous. You know, just look at it, it's... You know, what other people do doesn't affect you. And if everyone else was doing shit, would you feel really, really good because you're doing, you know, you're losing weight? It's just, you know, they all kind of we always say, speak to yourself like you're your best friend. You know, don't kind of get with that internal chat. But that's yeah. definitely another podcast. So, swiftly moving on, I think the next one is you are kind of under reporting what you're eating. Now, that's either going to be if you're logging your food, say if you're counting calories, you're counting macros on my fitness pal, and you are either missing things off or you are not inputting it properly. So you're going out for meals and you're going, right, well, I had uh, a chicken booner. So I'm going to put into my fitness pal, chicken booner, and I'm going to pick the lowest calorie option that comes up. Slimming World at Iceland. Yeah, <laughs> and hope it's the one that I had. Or, you know, I had a portion of rice, but I'm going to put down I had two tablespoons. So under reporting like that, or either you're not kind of recording your food and you're only remembering the highlights, so you're not thinking about, you know, the couple of glasses of wine, the couple of bits of chocolate, the bit of cake, the weekends that you had, and you're only kind of focusing on the bits and bats what you did good, that is a definite other reason why you're not losing weight, hidden calories. I'm going to go, I think there's a similarity between the two because I appreciate you did it for dramatic impact, but people will do their best to guess the calories and say, you know, I had a I had a chicken Buddha and I reckon that's about yeah. 600 calories. But you could be absolutely miles off. You have absolutely no idea what's gone in that. It's so easy. I made a curry from scratch once and I used, um, I did the whole thing where you make a base sauce and you put ghee in. And do you know what? It was the most delicious curry I've ever had because it had lots and lots of ghee yeah, in. Like, was... I'm pretty sure if I added two tablespoons of ghee to the rice, that would have probably been the best rice I'd ever had too. And you've got to think that if you want that flexibility to go out and eat really well, it's going to depend entirely on who you are. Because if you are you know, Michael Phelps and you've got this huge calorie surplus to play with and you're relatively lean already, or pretty lean, you know, and there are people like that. I'm a pretty good example of it, maybe not right now, but I do have... You know, a four thousand calorie it can maintenance. Can be pretty flexible. You yeah, know, I do have four thousand calorie maintenance. I do exercise five times a week, and I'm pretty strong. If you are, you know, a forty, fifty year old woman who you trains, about me? who trains, but yeah, but isn't particularly strong <laughs> and that? can't eat very much, and that isn't meant in a nasty way. It's just meant as in the truth. Like if you look at most people who are in the gym lifting, they cannot burn sufficient calories to have a massive deficit. Yeah. 
you know, there's a guy who trains at the gym that we're based above. I think he's on like five thousand calories because he's a he's a triathlete, a high level one. You know, and the bloke can put down a right pace on a treadmill. Most people cannot get near that. So that's just how it is, and it's so easy for you to wipe out a deficit. You know, we've just had a bit of a chat with a guy who's a who's a high level nutritionist, and he was saying that this is what happens. I said to him, "What do you think the issue is with thyroid?" And he said that people have a small deficit to play with, and they just wipe it out without thinking by accident. Yeah, and that's you know. So when James says, you know, underreporting your calories back, then he's not saying you're going, "Oh, I bet this," you know, like we joked, "Oh, this chicken boon is two hundred calories." It's because you said it's six hundred, and it's probably eight hundred you know or or more you know and it's just those little bits and they all add up and that's just how it is and my experience of calorie counting was, has been that if you do everything absolutely on the nail and your food is weighed out and portioned and everything's bang on then it works really really well but that's impossible for most people and that's why we're so it's just not practical for most people yeah they just wouldn't yeah yeah it is possible isn't it everything's possible but it's not going to last. It's not going to be any in any way pleasurable. Yeah, if you're measuring out your mango chutney when you go out for a meal and asking your man how many calories are in it. So it's not that we don't want people to do it. We just want them to have a sustainable approach. Um, what was the other one you had? Under-reporting. I just kind of remember highlighting the good things that you've done. So if you turn down something, but then you kind of forget on all the little bits and bats that add up, you know, all the little bits of chocolate and the little bits of wine and, you know... With our system, we kind of use a set of parameters and people will kind of get a mark or a score out of 10. And quite often, you know, it, well, not quite often, but if people are kind of, you know, not happy with the way that they've lost or if they've not lost, they'll, they'll kind of, the frustration will come out and they'll say like, oh, you know, but I've been doing really well, I've been doing much better. And then if you say, you know, have you been tracking your scores? And they haven't and you feed them back to them, they don't realise kind of, not how bad they were, but how kind of up and down they are. You know, they've they've kind of seen themselves having like three or four kind of ten out of ten great days, but then they've missed the kind of sixes and the sevens, where the bits and bats have kind of sloped in, and that's what's kind of, as Joe said, kind of ruined that deficit that they've created. So, you know, having a kind of honest bit of feedback for yourself, maybe you know, writing down your food um, each day or after each meal, and just kind of being able to track it that way, and then you can see well. You know, I did have 10 curly whirlies this week. It's funny, isn't it? Because when you said that, you said three or four tens and then a few six and sevens, is you see some different patterns quite a lot. And I think the one that I see the most is seven, eights and nines and then a five or a six on the weekend. Yeah. And when you show that back to people and or, you, or they hit a 10, you go, oh, well, and it's your perception as a coach is that you've got clients and you know who is particularly good and who struggles more. And most people... I don't know, it's hard to assess, isn't it, where people fall? But then someone gets a 10, you go, great work, 10, you go, they must get quite a few 10s. And you flick back to their score, and it's their first 10 in three weeks, and you go, actually, there's been quite a few blips in here. You've not been having your protein often enough, you've been having a little bit of wheat here and there, and then you have your blowout on the weekend, but you've already eaten up that deficit through your little bits of wheat and not having enough protein. And it's just, when people hit 10s, and it's funny sometimes because I've got a couple of clients like this at the moment who are hitting good scores, you know, those good eights and nines, and you think this should be enough for you to lose weight, but it's not. So well, then, well, not always. Yeah, in the, in the examples that I'm talking yeah. about, it's not because they've you know plateaued for a while and they're not. They haven't got a lot to lose. They're not exercising loads, so their margins have to be bang on. 
And the number of times I've said to people, you know, let's just push for a few more tents, and it has been the missing link. Yeah. And I think where people struggle is that perception of cutting these little bits out is going to be really hard. But that's just your perception. You need to actually challenge it. I remember once dieting and going, oh my God, you know, I love this shake that I have, which is oats and banana and a bit of peanut butter. And I was like, God, take it. It's surprisingly delicious, I know. The holy trinity. <laughs> well, uh, I need some gas or Banana cake blended. <laughs> and I remember thinking, um, oh, you know, when I take the peanut butter out, my life is going to be atrocious. And then I did it and went, oh. That's exactly the same. That was all right. That, yeah, do you know what? That has had absolutely no difference on my day. Um, Except I'm now 150 calories lighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's the thing you laugh about, is it made such a big difference. It was enough for me to get there. And you see this a lot with people with like the bread and glasses of wine and stuff. And if you can try taking out and hitting those tens, I'm not going to say I guarantee you're going to get progress, but the results are pretty clear from, from our end of marking 10,000 different people over the past few years. The people who hit the tens get the best results and you'd be surprised how the little bits do add up. Okay, moving on. God, I do talk, don't I? You do talk a lot. <laughs> um, exercise. So this would be kind of like, we've gone from under-reporting food to almost over-reporting exercise or overestimating exercise. So with the birth of the mighty Fitbit Apple Watch, I don't know how Apple Watch is working. 15,000 calories. Yeah, you know, with these kind of, these numbers thrown out when people, you know, as we said before, you get these people who say, well, on my fitness pal, I'm eating 1,500 calories, but according to my Fitbit, I'm burning 10,000 calories, yet I'm still not losing weight. Again, those mm. numbers are off. One of them is off, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not, like 10,000 is obviously an uh, overestimation, but I did have someone who said they burnt 3,000 calories according to the Fitbit. Mm. I was eating 1,600 and wasn't losing weight, and then lost weight with us without tracking calories. But anyway, that is, <laughs> that is a, another testimony. That's a story that you've had before. So, um, so yes, again, you know, just presuming that you've eaten, you know, or you've burnt 3,000 calories, therefore you can eat three pizzas. Well, probably two pizzas. Um, or one really good one. Yeah, it's not going to work because, guess what, you've not burnt 3,000 calories. Yeah, I think the, the most common one I see there is when people go, I've inputted my exercise into my fitness pal. Oh, please just don't because it's just going to make things a little bit harder. I think that the best approach to have is to exercise consistently because then that's going to give you a pretty consistent weekly calorie burn. And then when it comes to adjusting your food, it's easier for you to do that. Whereas if you're putting in your steps every day and how many calories you burn, that's cool. But it just doesn't seem to work that well. You know, from my vast experience of working with people doing this, is that the numbers just don't add up. And one of those numbers has to be wrong. It's pretty easy to track your calories realistically, you know, for a day. It's quite, I can weigh my oats and my milk and stuff and go, I've consumed 3,000 calories. But it's impossible for you to track every element of your, you know, your metabolic rate, how many calories you're burning through the digestion of food. I can't think of the other ones. Exercise-induced calorie burn. You know, there's like five different things, isn't there? I can't think of them all yet. You just cannot track it accurately. So my advice is to not and to just eat sensibly most of the time. If you gradually consume fewer calories and continue to burn the same or burn a few more, then you'll lose weight. Yeah, so use it, you know, by all means, you know, we're not anti kind of, what are they called? Fitness trackers? Yeah, Fitbits. Fitbits. But, you know, you just gotta take everything with a pinch of salt because it's still estimated. Like, it's, it's obviously gonna be more accurate 
than most, but it's still, you know, it's using your heart rate, it's using your age, it's using your height, it might be using your weight, but it's still, you know, not super, super accurate. It's still an estimation of to how many calories, you know, a person of your height, your age, your weight should burn. It's not necessarily what you've burned. I'll tell you where it is good then, is to make sure that you're burning the same each day. Yeah. If the numbers go up or the numbers stay the same, great. Then, you know, we know that you're burning a similar amount each day. The issue comes from people using it to dictate their food, I think. It's it's the same thing I've said when people use, like, say, a treadmill or a cross trainer and it has a calorie counter on it. Like, is that real? You know, so if I burn 300 calories on this, can I go eat a Mars bar? No. <laughs> it's just... But... You know, if you consistently burn these alleged kind of 300 calories, take that just as a unit of measurement. So I go on the cross trainer and I burn 300 calories. Now, if my weight loss stalls and I need to up that, then I'm going to go to 400 calories. It doesn't mean I've burnt 400 calories. It just means I've burnt 100 more than last time. Yeah. So it's just a unit of measurement. Uh, and the same thing with kind of your Fitbits and stuff like that. Just use it as a unit of measurement and not necessarily this is how many calories I've burnt. Yeah, I remember thinking that on a treadmill once too when I used to do the, the hill walks and it, I could get it to like 600 an hour. I'd be mm. like, hang on, I'm like 30 kilos heavier than everyone in here. Like, I must feel <laughs> loads more. But, yeah. that's, but that's the thing, isn't it? Is you just have to look at it as an average and people invest too much in these things. Um, not money-wise, but I guess thought-wise. they're quite expensive. <laughs> I'd say, but more like, like with weighing on a scale, isn't it? People get on and go, my weight's gone up. Like, chill out. How, you know, are you doing the right things? Because over a period of time that's what's going to matter I think the next one then is possibly you're not being realistic so we've kind of mm. alluded to it before like it's effort versus results where people almost feel like they deserve their owed fat loss yeah they deserve better results from the effort that they're putting in and it just doesn't work like that you know what I mean you're not owed anything oh my god have you ever had anyone come to you and go A I'm losing weight too fast or B I'm really happy with my progress. It's no. so rare. Like, don't get me wrong. I've had people who say they're happy with their progress, but it's very, very rare for people to say that. It's always I've only lost three pounds yeah. since Tuesday. Like, what? I was Are hoping you nuts. <laughs> I was hoping for more. I would absolutely love to go do one sprint session and to be as the leanest I've ever been, mm. or even be slightly leaner. It's just not how it works. So that you, effort versus results. Sorry to cut in there. Yeah, it's just that. I think it's driven by the lies on the media's part isn't it really if you look at like you know there's all those things aren't there on websites it says get get shredded in four weeks and you just think no no one's done that you know very very few yeah. people have done that there's a couple of people you know I've trained a, a couple of guys before who've you've tweaked their food and made them train a bit and suddenly you go Jesus Christ you look loads better you know you've really put some changes in there they are the exceptions not the rules and we'd all like to be the exceptions but if you're complaining about results you're probably not the genetic outliers yes exactly oh Fenton um, so yes I've lost my train it's of thought expectation now, you're squeezing the dog that's what's set you off yeah um, what was I saying carry on John you need to be happy with your progress whatever it is because if it's a step forward if it's half a pound a week that's two stone a year and I would guess that how many of our clients lose two stone a year and keep it off one percent yeah not a lot if that you know, it's such a huge amount to lose that you just need to keep going. You know, people really, I don't want to criticise people in, in a blanket statement, but if if you could give people more, you know, one thing, it'd be perseverance or grit. 
to just crack on when it gets hard. And that's it, I think, again, just going back to that, where people will make small changes, which is fantastic, but then they're just not, <coughs> excuse me, not realistic with the outcomes that they're going to get. So they think if they're making better choices, so, you know, a real kind of good one for me is people will say, oh, I had X, Y, and Z, but my friends had A, B, and C as well. Or before I'd have had. Yeah. Which is obviously an improvement, but it's not necessarily an improvement in a calorie-saving way. It's not going to guarantee. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's a positive kind of mindset change, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, result in weight loss at that time. You know, it's something super positive and great that people are thinking that way and you know, kind of making these changes. But again, it's a mindset thing. So just because you didn't, you know, super overindulge as you would have done previously. They then get frustrated that they've not, you know, lost weight, even though they've done better than they would have. When you know, kind of weight loss just is well, it's a it's a maths equation. You know, it's just, it's as simple as that. Your body's not going to react and go like, well, I could have eaten a lot more calories than I actually did, so therefore I'm going to lose some weight. It's just going to register what calories you've eaten, and whether to gain or whether to lose or whether to maintain. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's great that you know you wanted a chocolate bar and you had a protein bar instead. You had some peanut butter on a banana or whatever. But that is no guarantee that you've taken in fewer calories, unfortunately. Like James says, it's a massive plus. And that as a habit, repeated for weeks and months, will lead you to progress. It's just making sure that it does last for weeks and months. Because people do it for two weeks, they don't get the results they hoped for. And then throw the towel in. It's so refreshing when you get someone. You know, I had a lady recently who eaten well, weighed in for two weeks. Now she just started. She hadn't lost any weight. She went, I'm just going to keep going. Messaged me today. I'm three pounds down. And that's what you get from persevering. Because after, after two weeks, she'd gone, this isn't working. I'm going to have a binge. That would have, could have easily eaten up that three pounds. Excuse the pun. And then it would have, you know, it would have just been a complete waste the first, you know, 17 or 14 days, whatever it was that she'd done of eating well and trying hard you know and two weeks it's such a small time frame or three weeks people just struggle to to see the light at the end of the tunnel and it is there if you you know if you keep putting one foot forward in front of the other you will get there it's just going to take longer than you'd like it to the same as running a business we had a vision <laughs> we had a vision when we started running sustain of like give us a year everything will be nailed down we'll know the system inside out and then we can just work on getting people in and then, you know, three years in, we're like, I remember, I think, I we, changed we, three, we changed three commandments and the name of the commandments <laughs> and, you know, brought different things out all the time. It never stops. Yeah, it's always evolving. So, yes, again, you know, we're not saying that you shouldn't look for these kind of positive changes because you definitely should. But then you have to be realistic with the outcomes. So if I go out for, you know, Nando's with the boys and I go, well, actually, you know, normally I'd have had large chips, but I just had half a portion and of chips. chips yeah, and half a portion of <laughs> chips and I had, you know, this and that and I didn't have the cake and I limited myself to two beers. Cool. That's, you know, not that You'd have been, been wasted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that's progress for me and that's much better than I normally would have, then fantastic. That is a super, super positive. But I still consume quite a lot of food. So I can't expect or can't expect to just go, well, it was better than I would have done previously. Therefore, I should lose weight. <laughs> I am owed a result. You know, now if I was doing that every single day and that was my, you know, evening meal every single day, 
then I'd improve that, I'd reduce my calories and that would work. But if it's kind of a one-off occasion, you know, like our weekend away or something like that, yes, it's a positive step in the right direction, but it might not equal weight loss. And there's so many things going on, aren't there? Because it's quite easy for you to have a high-carb meal like that and just to hold a bit more water. Yeah. So you have actually lost weight, it's just been hidden. You know, if you've had a really good week, you can get away with the Nando's. You know, there is a lot of flexibility to be had if you get the other things on point. You know, if you hit those tens, if you exercise hard, if you get stronger and fitter. It's just lots of ifs and lots of buts, isn't it? And you can only work with what's in front of you. And it's the more information you get from clients. So the lady I was saying before who was struggling, you know, eating well, hitting nines and tens, gets to her exercise, right? And then it's looking at the individual scenario. And the more information you give a coach, the more we can give back to you and then say, look, this isn't going to work for you. So her issue was that she was struggling to exercise. And she said, you know, what I'll do is then I'll, I can, the only times I can put in a session a Friday morning. And I just had to be honest with her and say, I don't think this is going to give you the result that you're looking for because you just can't burn enough energy in that time. So it's going to be much more effective if we spread out an extra thousand steps a day over the week. 7,000 steps are going to give you a decent calorie burn. If that doesn't work, then we're going to have to adjust your food if you want to. Is finding the solutions to the problems because otherwise if she just stamped her feet and said you know i'm going to train on a friday morning it's not going to give enough of a change over the course of a week even you know a 500 calorie workout you could easily make that up with just a few more steps over the, every day so it's trying to find what we think is best as well yeah good good summarize four oh, jeez sure <laughs> gonna, <another> 10 minutes <laughs> i'm putting up the man for a summary <laughs> <laughs> so I think the reasons are things that you need to check if you are not losing weight are one, you are under-reporting your food so you're not being 100% honest or accountable for the food choices that you're making so little bits and bats are slipping in here and there so the next one would be you are overestimating your output so you're kind of thinking that the training that you're going to do is um over accounting for the food that you're having. Can't remember what was the first one you said. Mm. I don't know. This is the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I could rewind it. Um, and then, you know, kind of not being realistic about the moves that you're making or the choices that you're making or, you know, kind of expecting results. Not that you don't deserve, that sounds really, really harsh, but. What am I trying to say, Joe? It's just being overly hopeful for the effort that you're putting in. You can only, I think the, the summary point I would make is there's only so many factors that you can influence and you just need to look at what you're doing at the moment and adjust what's in front of you. So if you are not losing weight right now, can you exercise more? Can you reduce your intake of processed foods? Can you increase your veg intake? Can you increase your protein intake? Because those four things will lead to fat loss. If you can do all four of them, exercise more, eat more veg and protein, eat less processed food, you will lose weight faster. If you can only do one, then implement it, see if it works. If it doesn't work, then you're gonna to have to implement another one. You're gonna to have to go a bit further with whichever option you've chosen. You need to create a bigger and bigger calorie deficit to lose weight. Bosh. That's us. That must be the longest podcast we've done. Maybe. So, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, or you can find us in loads of different places but Spotify and iTunes I think are the main ones leave us a review because it really does help if you give us a five star review we'll give you a shout out next week I don't know if we can even see whose names are um, and if you don't I'm going to take an eyelash off fencing oh. every, every week and he's got a lot of them right thank you very much for listening Good night. God bless